This is Boston Scott, and you're listening to the Birds Banter Podcast. I'm living in that 21st century, doing something mean to it. Do it better than anybody you ever seen do it. Screams from the haters, got a nice ring to it. I guess every superhero need his theme music. No one man should have all that power. The clock's ticking, I just count the hours. Stop tripping, I'm tripping off the power. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Birds Banter Podcast presented to you by PHL Sports Nation. My name is Matt Lupe. I'm your host. You can follow us on social media at Birds Banter on Twitter and at Birds Banter PHL on Instagram. Thank you for tuning in today. We have a very special episode. We're going to talk about a early 53-man roster prediction for the Eagles offense. So as you know, the Eagles have been in training camp for about 10 days now. Um, just this past week, the pads have got on, you know, we're seeing a lot of updates, a lot of big plays, a lot of players trending upwards, a lot of players trending downwards. So now's the time with preseason starting just next week. Now's the time to start looking at which players are likely to make the roster, which players are likely to not make the roster. So first things first, we're going to start off with the offense and we're going to do defense next week. Um, next week, we'll get a little bit more interesting because we'll get a few more updates. We'll have preseason Right around the corner, um, just a few days or one day after next podcast episode will release. So that'll be exciting to kind of track where um, my list goes. If it's um, close, if it's way off, we'll see what happens. But today we're going to start with the offense. And um, yeah, it it took me a while to compile a list of players um, to try to figure out who is going to be best suited on this roster. Keep in mind, there is a lot of roster turnover this year, um, as well as a brand new coaching staff. So in the past, when you saw players at, I mean, it happened at every position, honestly, but players that made the roster was kind of a head scratcher because most likely the coaching staff just favored them. Now there's none of that. You know, everybody's coming in. They're all on the same level. Um, Obviously, talent level goes up and down between a guy like Lane Johnson and a guy like Jack Driscoll. However, When you're talking about being introduced to a new coaching staff, there's no favoritism. There's no, you know, Jim Schwartz having a connection to Jalen Mills and um, Doug Peterson always wanting Nate Sudfeld around. There's none of that anymore. Nick Sirianni and his guys, um, they're brand new. They're new to these players and they're going to pick the best players for the job, not some that they favor or that they think highly of. So, um, we're going to get straight into it. First things first, quarterback. I am predicting the Eagles are keeping two quarterbacks. This is pretty simple. Jalen Hurts and Joe Flacco. Jalen Hurts, undisputably right now, the number one quarterback option for the Eagles. Um, there were some rumors back in March. Eagles might look for, um, you know, bringing some competition. They did not. In April, Eagles might draft a quarterback. They did not. Now we get into May, June. The only move that they made was signing Joe Flacco, and then they ended up signing Nick Mullins. Um, There has been a lot of hype around Nick Mullins in training camp. He's been looking very good, apparently, with the second and third team. He's been sharp, making his passes, um, building a strong chemistry with those offenses. However, I don't think the Eagles necessarily need three quarterbacks this season. Jalen Hurts can kind of do it all, so you're not going to see a two-quarterback system like they did last year. They tried 
with Carson Wentz and Jalen Hurts, brought in Jalen Hurts for a few players, plays, that is not going to happen anymore. Um, Jalen Hurts can throw the ball, he can run the ball, um, true dual threat. And then if anything happens, if he goes down with an injury, Joe Flacco's right there. Joe Flacco, kind of an old, reliable player, um, very experienced veteran quarterback presence, you know, has a Super Bowl under his belt, um, good mentor for Jalen Hurts to grow with. So I don't see the need to keep three quarterbacks around. Obviously, if injuries happen, the Eagles are going to have to make moves. But going into week one, I see the Eagles just holding two quarterbacks. That's going to be Jalen Hurts and Joe Flacco. Next, running back. This positional group kind of gave me a little bit of a headache because I remember in the past, I would say three seasons, the Eagles have had what seemed to be a very talented running back group. Um, you know, it looked pretty deep. Looked like the Eagles should keep a lot of players. And then all of a sudden, they go into the season keeping just four. And then a bunch of guys go on the practice squad. Um, it's very unpredictable about what the Eagles running back group is going to look like. And I think in the past, because Doug Peterson did not prefer to run the ball, he was a very pass-heavy offense. We saw that when they were running plays. Um, in the regular season, we saw them in the offseason, how they treated running backs. They did not need to keep more than four running backs. So time after time, a lot of people, including myself, would predict the Eagles to keep five running backs because they would have five good options there. Um, then it never happened. Year after year, they always kept four. And um, honestly, could be wrong, but I think they kept three originally last year. Uh, I think there was one season in the mix in the past couple of seasons that they went into week one with just three running backs. It was kind of uh, very interesting, but... I think now with Nick Sirianni coming in, a very run-heavy offense and a lot of good players yet again, I think the Eagles are now going to trend upwards to those five running backs kept for week one. Obviously, it starts off with Miles Sanders. Miles Sanders is the lead back. He can be a three-down back. Um, he could run well. His catching, uh, it was good his rookie year. Started to fall off a bit last year. Um, he was missing some throws and not some not good news coming out in training camp. Sounds like he's missing some passes, um, some that are just easy grabs for Miles Sanders, and he's dropping them. So um, obviously not going to hurt his roster chances. He's still going to make the roster. He's still going to be the lead back. But it um, doesn't seem like he's the complete back going into 2021 that a lot of people expected. I think he's going to have a fantastic season, but I think they might start to accommodate and uh, try to get some more receiving ability out of those running backs and put a guy like Boston Scott, who's my number two guy, put him on the field a little bit more. Um, you know, Boston Scott, not the biggest running back, um, doesn't have the widest skill set, but he can get the job done when need be. Um, and as we all know, he loves to show up when the Eagles play the Giants. And obviously the Eagles play the Giants twice a year, so... Um, hopefully we see another big game out of Boston Scott against the Giants this year. Uh, my three remaining running backs, number one at the number three position, is going to be Kenny Gainwell. Kenny Gainwell was just drafted from Memphis. Um, he took 20, 2020 off due to COVID, but in 2019, he had over 2,000 yards from scrimmage. That is very, very impressive. Um, he can do it all. He, you know, man, I was just super impressed with watching him because I didn't know too much about him because it's been a full year since he played and I saw the Eagles draft him and he did that all with Darrell Henderson on the roster as well in 2019 
and Henderson was a draft pick. He is now probably going to start in LA with Cam Akers out for a year. So you can see just how talented Kenny Gainwell is. Um, I think he's going to get a lot of action. He might start off a little bit slow, but man, he's got fresh legs. He's ready to run. I think Nick Sirianni can use him very, very effectively. My next running back, running back four, is going to be Jordan Howard. Jordan Howard coming back for his third stint with the, with the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, I kind of wrote off this signing initially, especially when the Eagles brought in Carrion Johnson. I thought the Eagles would highly, highly support picking Carrion Johnson over Jordan Howard when it comes to the 53-man roster prediction. But now I haven't been in training camp. I can't speak for what's happening there from but for what I've seen out of reports Jordan Howard has been outperforming Carrion Johnson so far and it looks like he might have the edge of making the roster and that final running back position is going to go to Jason Huntley in my opinion um, you know he was an undrafted free agent I believe last year um, has punt return ability has kick return ability and super explosive he can catch the ball in the backfield I think that is a very very valuable um, position for the Eagles to keep Jason Huntley there as the fifth running back. It would be interesting to see when the last time the Eagles kept five running backs on the roster going into week one. I'll have to look that up That because I honestly can't remember. And uh, I think now is the year it's actually going to happen with Nick Sirianni being head coach. All right, moving on to wide receiver. Another interesting position. Um, I have the Eagles. Normally, you keep around six wide receivers. I have the Eagles keeping five. So... Um, We'll see what happens. Obviously, number one, Devontae Smith. First round pick this year, Heisman Trophy winner. He won the national championship, the best, arguably one of the best college seasons we've ever seen out of a wide receiver. Um, undisputed, going to be the number one wide receiver. No doubt about it. He's talented. He's a little bit banged up right now. He's got that sprained MCL, but he should be good to go in about three weeks. Um, hopefully, he gets back to full health. I am a bit concerned because a lot of the knocks on him coming out of college was his size. Is he going to hold up? Is he going to um, not sustain enough? You know, is he going to be able to withstand injuries in the NFL, these big hits? And now just a week into training camp, he has a, I wouldn't say significant injury, but it's, it's sidelining him for weeks. So that could be significant. Um, but uh, yeah, we'll see what happens. Get him on the field, see if he's the real deal. I'm excited to see what he can do. And uh, another thing, he has been taking quite a bit of punt returns in training camp when he was healthy. So uh, maybe another dimension the Eagles can improve on in that special teams area. Number two wide receiver is going to be Jalen Rager. Jalen Rager, um, if you guys have been listening ever since last year, um, last draft, draft class and everything, you know I am a big advocate of Jalen Rager. And uh, I'm not going to say that He's better than Justin Jefferson, all of that, because he's not. I mean, the Eagles would have been better off taking Justin Jefferson. I was wrong about that. Um, however, I still think he has a very, very good skill set when used properly. He's going to be a great player in the NFL. Um, but I would say I'm a bit concerned about him right now. So if you guys did not know, he did fail his conditioning test coming into training camp. Um, it was reported that that occurred because he just recently lost his best friend. His best friend passed away, and uh, he just was not right mentally. So that's okay. Completely understand. Um, that's obviously something that's very difficult to go through. Um, however, 
you know, he's getting back into action, um, playing a little bit more in training camp, and then all of a sudden, just this past day, um, this week, I think on Wednesday, Jalen Rager did something wrong in practice, and Nick Sirianni got in his face and started yelling. So, I don't know. I think Jalen Rager needs to make sure that he's right mentally before he gets on the field, uh, because right now, I mean, it just reminds me of Nelson Aguilar, you know, a lot of potential, but the mentality is just holding him back. So I hope he can pull it together. Um, the talent is all there. He's ready to go. But, uh, you know, I'm hoping that he can, you know, get right. These coaches can help him out. And then he can just translate that amazing skill set, that speed, and really help this offense. Next up, wide receiver three, Travis Fulgham. Um, he's been pretty decent in training camp from what I've heard. Um, you know, fans want to see are we going to have the Travis Fulgham for that four or five week stretch when he was the best receiver in all of the NFL or the Travis Fulgham after the fact that really did not show up he was not on the stat sheet um, couldn't even get into the game we have yet to see what's going to happen but Travis Fulgham a big receiver your prototypical X receiver I think he is going to be a focal point in this offense if either Devontae Smith or Jalen Rager show any types of struggles. Wide receiver four, Greg Ward Jr. Um, like I said with Joe Flacco, old, old reliable. Greg Ward is similar. He's not old, but he is definitely reliable. He's a zone buster. He can play the slot. Jalen Rager is going to be playing the slot quite a bit this year. But Greg Ward is more of your um, typical slot receiver. You know, not going to go for big yardage. Just run those short intermediate routes, get some yards after catch, and be those, you know, surefire receptions for Jalen Hurts, give him that security blanket over the middle of the field. Greg Ward, um, very talented receiver. I would love to see some more out of him going into, I believe, now his fourth season in the NFL. I'm going to wrap things off with my fifth wide receiver. Um, you know, this is a tough one. I was going in between 2020 draft picks here. Was it going to be John Hightower or Quez Watkins? And, man, I got to be honest, I was leaning towards Quez Watkins for a while now just because towards the end of the year, he showed a pretty good um, connection with Jalen Hurts. They were connecting on the field. He scored a touchdown against the Cardinals. Um, he's explosive. John Hightower was on the field. And then into the offseason, we heard Jason Avant say, um, this was a while ago, so if you remember, if you don't remember, I'll uh, remind you real quick. Jason Avant told fans that and listeners of their podcast that John Hightower was the best route runner and the best at tracking the football in out of all the receivers. And he said the reason that he was not on the field and the reason he was not producing like he should was because he was mentally not there. He had a bad, bad drop against the Ravens back early in the season, and he just never really mentally recovered from that and was never able to be productive on the field because of his mentality. So shows that John Hightower, he's got a lot of potential, but um, similar to Jalen Rager, that mentality just not there yet. So um, I'm going to stick with John Hightower. And uh, as of recently in training camp, he has been very impressive from what I've heard, the reports that I've seen. And um, I'm excited because he's a bit bigger than Quez Watkins, um, still very tall, but I mean, he can fly. He can, he can run the, the deep routes, track the ball well. I think he is a fantastic deep option 
for the Eagles, um, as Devontae Smith and Jalen Rager might be running more underneath and getting that yards after catch. John Hightower can go bombs away um, at that Z position and give Jalen Hurts a good deep route option uh, if they choose to do so. Going into tight end, this was another interesting one because we were still unsure about Zach Ertz. Now, it looks like he's going to stay. And I think right now, everything that's going on, he's been showing up. He's been looking decent. I think Zach Ertz is going to stay. After all of this drama, um, looks like we'll have Zach Ertz for one more year. So Zach Ertz, I'm penciling in as tight end one. Dallas Goddard at number two. Uh, I mean, not really much to discuss about Dallas Goddard. He is fantastic. He is emerging as a top 10. I think he's already top 10. Um, he's getting close to that top seven, top five tight end range. In the entire league, I think with a big season, he's going to get paid very accordingly because this is, uh, I believe, yeah, this is his contract season. So he's uh, he's ready to get paid. And um, with Zach Ertz out the door next year, Dallas Goddard is going to be the man up for the job. So expect a big year out of him. Um, next for tight end in tight end three position. Um, keep in mind, the Eagles kept only two last year. It was either last year or the year before, but... I don't think they're going to do that again. Uh, I think they're going to go with three. Some names that come to mind. Jason Kroom, Hakeem Butler, Richard Rodgers. But I'm going to go with Tyree Jackson. Tyree Jackson has been one of the standouts of training camp so far. He has been super impressive, building a relationship with all these quarterbacks, making great catches, blocking pretty well. I think Tyree Jackson is going to be the guy at tight end three for the Eagles because I think he is way too talented for the Eagles to expose to waivers, risk him leaving, and then he's gone. You don't have him anymore. That happened last year. Um, I forget who the Eagles waived, but they were very high on this one player. Waived him, unfortunately got picked up off waivers, and they, they admitted that they expected him to clear waivers and then go on the practice squad. Well, you got 31 other teams that might be scouting your roster right now, so you can't take that risk. If you if you really like a player, keep him on the 53. I think Tyree Jackson has earned a right to get into that situation this year. Finishing up with the offensive line, there are definitely some obviouses here. Lane Johnson, Jordan Mailata, Andre Dillard at the tackle position, Jason Kelsey, Brandon Brooks, Isaac Samalo. Landon, Landon Dickerson, um, you know, he might start on PUP, but most likely um, start on the active roster. Those are the obvious ones. And then to wrap things up with our first edition of the 53-man roster offensive prediction, um, my backup tight ends are going to be, or not tight ends, backup offensive lineman Jack Driscoll, number one, because he had a pretty good rookie season, and uh, he can play multiple different positions. He can play guard. He can play tackle. He's done both in the NFL so far. And in the pre-draft process, he was also taking snaps at center. So honestly, he has positioned to play three, four, maybe even five positions along that offensive line. So um, Jack Driscoll, I think he is going to be a good candidate to make the roster. And then Nate Herbig. Nate Herbig, man, he's been around for quite some time now. I think this is his third season with the Eagles. Um, A guard center, you know, interior offensive line player uh you, you know you can't have enough because as we saw last year with jason kelsey get banged up a little bit or some games he was just playing a little bit off brandon brooks out for the entire season isaac samalu he's not going to be 
a Pro Bowl caliber player yet, uh, maybe not ever will. So having some depth there is super important if Landon Dickerson is not ready to go week one, uh, if he needs to step in. I think definitely keeping Nate Herbig around is beneficial. Um, keep in mind, Jack Driscoll can play the tackle position if we need some depth because I only have three tackles lift, listed right now. Lane Johnson, Jordan Mailata, and Andre Dillard. Um, before we wrap things up, we're going to have a word from our sponsor, and then I'm going to give you my early prediction for who the number one left tackle is going to be because we've seen Jordan Mailata and Andre Dillard split a good amount of snaps. Now, who do you think I will pick? Attention listeners across the galaxy, all the way from Australia to Houston. Do we have a pube problem? If so, our friends at Manscaped have cleared you for takeoff with their fourth generation and brand new Lawn Mower 4.0. Kick your cubes to the next planet with the Performance Package 4.0. The orbits in your pants will feel like they're in zero gravity when you use the best tools for the job from the leaders in male grooming. Join the 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped. Get your rocket ready for takeoff by going to manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping with the code PHL. Ready for an out-of-the-world experience, fellas? Look no further than the Performance Package 4.0 from Manscaped that has just taken off in not only USA, but Canada, the UK, across Europe, Australia, South Africa, and Singapore. Inside this package, you'll find their Lawn Mower 4.0 trimmer, Weed Whacker, Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer, Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant, Crop Reviver Toner, Performance Boxer Briefs, and a Travel Bag to hold your solar system. First scheduled for a liftoff, the new Lawnmower 4.0. This spaceship is here to guide you on a journey to trim your balls, butt, and body, and even Uranus. This fourth generation trimmer also features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin safe technology. The Lawnmower 4.0 has a 7,000 RPM motor, a new multifunction on off switch, can engage a travel lock, and is even waterproof. The Lawnmower 4.0 also has a 4,000K. LED spotlight that you can turn on and off when needed for a more precise shave throughout your travels across the universe. The Performance Package 4.0 also includes the Weed Whacker. It's like having a little astronaut to chop the worst weeds up in your nose and ears. The Weed Whacker is also waterproof and uses a 9,000 RPM motor powered 360 degree rotary dual blade system. This nose and ear hair trimmer provides proprietary skin-safe technology, which helps prevent nicks, snags, and tugs in those delicate holes. Don't forget the Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant and Crop Reviver to help your little planets be on their A-game feeling when the sun hits. Manscaped even threw in two free gifts to the Performance Package 4.0, the Manscaped Boxer Briefs, and the Shed Travel Bag. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code PHL at manscaped.com. That is 20% off and free shipping with the code PHL at manscaped.com. For a clean trinity and beyond, your space balls will thank you. All right, last thing to wrap this podcast up, who will be left tackle number one week one? We've seen Andre Diller take reps with the first team. We've seen Jordan Mailata take reps with the first team. Who is it going to be going into week one? I'm going to lock it in. I don't think anything changes. Jordan Mailata is going to be our starting left tackle for the Philadelphia Eagles going into week one. I think he will keep that position. Um, if injuries happen because Mylotta and Lane Johnson have gotten banged up before, Andre Dillard is a very serviceable player. He can come in and replace them. But I think Jordan Mylotta has more than earned his right to take number one from Andre Dillard and be the starting left tackle. 
Thank you guys for tuning in today. Make sure you follow us on social media. Comment. Did we get this right? Did we get it wrong? What what other players would you add to this offensive edition of the 53-man roster prediction? Keep in mind, preseason next week, we get, we get to watch some positional battles. Running backs, wide receivers, offensive line, it's all going to be there. Football is almost back, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for tuning into the Birds Banter Podcast. Um, again, I'm your host, Matt Loopy, and we will see you next week. Go Birds! Thank <laughs> you.